Simi. I'm doing good. How are you? It is Monday. Another weekend has passed, and it is Sims and Lefko time. Oh, hello. Hey, Chris. Nice shirt you have on. What do you think of this fancy old thing? Oh, Sims and 70. It is the Sims 70 shirt. We've been talking about this for a long time, about finally getting merchandise for Sims and Lefko. This is the first of a number that are coming that I'm very excited about. I haven't seen any of these, so this I just saw these the other day for the first yes. time. So it's cool. I'll be sporting one here soon. It says the Sims 70, and on the back, wouldn't you know? Wouldn't you know? One through seventy, all the quarterbacks that you listed ending, and it's only their first. Names. I like how we did the first names. I and like number that. seventy, Blake, comma Jackson. Hello, Blake, comma Jacks. I need. To, can you turn the volume up on my earphones more? I think there's a little thing. I know next I did. It's still not going up loud enough. Um, I would like to hear you more. Okay. Well, of course That's you That's the would. only time of the week I want to hear you That's more. That's funny. I listened to the podcast last Wednesday. I went, I'd like to hear myself less. I talked a lot on that podcast. <laughs> Are you ready to have to rank 70 quarterbacks every year? Uh, that's the, I, Actually, that's what I was – is that what I'm going to have to do for now on? We made the T-shirt, so uh, yeah. You're going to have to do 70 quarterbacks every year. Okay, fine. I think it's a fun— I can deal with it. Once I've made the original 70, it's not that hard after that. It's going to be the new guys. i got to somehow fit them in, <laughs> right? But at least I have a basic guideline to go off of. We start at what, week 14? That's when we're going to start? Is that what we want to do? I don't know. Then yeah. We're just making this shit up on the floor. Yeah, okay, good. I know. Uh, yeah, I mean, it would have never happened if it weren't for you. I mean, it would have never happened. Thanks for putting more work on my plate, Adam Lefko. That's what I do. It was That's worth it, well. uh, Because I'm putting more work on your plate, I'd like to give you a reward. Oh. I saw this over the weekend, and listeners of Sims and Lefko for a long time know that we had a joke that we would try and do to each other and try to do to guests. What was it? Who? D's nuts. Yes. Uh, and Somebody this, got got? No. Better. I want to take you to Remington Park in Oklahoma City. This is the perfect place to start the podcast. Welcome to the races, Chris Sims. <laughs> They're off. Good start. Cage fighter, both of these nuts. They come away together. Both of these nuts goes for the front. Has it by a long neck. Cage fighter not going away easily. And DF Dynasty 3 Green right there running third outside. Bang, bang, you're gone, making some headway. Final 100 yards for both of these nuts. Cage Fighter trying to battle back. Both of these nuts. Cage Fighter, both of these nuts rolling to victory. Woo! By ahead. Oh, both of these. Uh, you haven't seen these nuts before. Isn't that the dream? The dream is to name a horse so ridiculous that it finishes the the, mat, the the race. But yeah, we used to do D's nuts to each other all the time. But the fact that a horse named both of these nuts won. Props to that guy. Props to that guy. I don't even know how to feel about that. Why? That was Oklahoma. That's where we are. Oklahoma I just, City. It, it's just, I don't know. That's just it's you too didn't much. Like it. That's too much for me. Too Why much. Why didn't you like it? Hey, that? it's in the world. I want everything to be correct right now in the sports world. That That's in, that's derogatory to both of my nuts. I thought you no, were No, it's get... funny. It's cool. I get it. I don't know. I, don't, I guess there's part of me that thinks, damn, kids are watching that, but I guess maybe they're not really watching wow. that one. Wow. Speaking of kids, uh, 
Philip Sims? Philip Sims? Is he getting scholarship offers yet? Uh, no. The video of him throwing the football is great. That's what I do now. My weekends are no longer for myself. I just drive around my fucking kids and go to <laughs> events. That's all I do. Does he still want to be Eli? Um, no, I don't think he does. I think if there was his favorite quarterback, I think his favorite quarterback is Russell Wilson right now. Ooh. Russell Wilson, that was the guy he wanted to know if it was coming on our podcast during the Super Bowl. Russell Wilson, when he found out Russell canceled, that was he was done with us. Mm. He didn't want to hear it anymore. He does have. He wore the Russell Wilson jersey the last time I yeah. was there. He was all Seth Curry, like because it's basketball season, so he's obsessed with that. Yeah. But you know what's hilarious is that he watched. I mean, the kids are obsessed with YouTube and everything else. He watches like all their social stuff, and he's come back to go. LeBron's cooler on social, so I like LeBron more. He seems like a better dad. He's more fun. Wow. So now he likes LeBron. Ba- and he's back to LeBron uh, because of social. That is a huge, whoa, <laughs> big offseason. Uh, some amazing responses this weekend of whoa, big offseason. Uh, got this, the DMs. And I respond to most of these. One person said, one of the guys at work just quit. And on the way out, he says, whoa, big offseason. And I responded, shut the F up. Like, I don't believe you. And he said, I'm not kidding. Dude was happy as hell. He binged the pod when I told him a few weeks ago when we were sitting around the office. He quits and boom, whoa, big offseason. <laughs> Incredible. Next one. My girlfriend breaks up to me. I'm not going to say this guy's name. And I actually whispered to myself. Why can't you say his name? Paco. I didn't want to upset him. Okay. But apparently his girlfriend broke up with him and he said under his breath, whoa. <laughs> Big, Big offseason. Off <laughs> it's amazing. It really does it work caught, with everything. It, did, it caught on. My wife has been saying it to me lately. No. She doesn't listen to a podcast fully through. I think she just listens at times just to make sure I didn't tell like an embarrassing story yeah. about her because she doesn't know what I'm going to say. But she's had a few moments in the last tell week me. where she said, whoa, and then she added, followed it with Big <laughs> Offseason. I was like, what? You dork. Get out of here. Oh, man. That's Other amazing. thing is, um, so I have a little problem dive into the Sims household, right? Um, my wife, we've talked about this before. She, she snores. and it's. Re- I did not realize this. Yeah, I, well, You did not realize this? She snores like a 300-pound left guard. I mean, truly. I've, I've roomed with 300-pound left guards. They don't Similar snore. Similar ambiance. Yes. It's horrible. And my wife, Sicilian, stubborn as hell, it's my problem that I hear her. That's It's my problem. You can get the sleep doctor. She you can put the stuff in her nose or in her mouth. I mean, I do everything. I mean, I try to prop her head up, tell her to roll over. I have a noise machine next to my bed that goes, so I can't hear her. Spider 2, why banana? But spider 2, That's what banana. I need. I wear earplugs. Hold on, but does she do the mouth guard no. or the nose thing? She doesn't. She's done the breathe right nose things. Nothing can stop her. She is a nothing can stop her. She's she is, going to snore. Yes, she's a three hundred pound Italian grandma stuck and so in this. She act, and now it's reached the point where you complain so much that she's upset at you complaining. She's Congratulations! Like, it's my fault. So like, I'm at the point where I want her. To, I don't want to sleep with her anymore. Yeah, I want her to move into the next room. You trying to come and live with me? So no, absolutely Damn. not. Because uh, I who you knows? Sleep in the office. <laughs> but I, I think what I'm going to do though, because too, sh- thanks I have, for sharing this. By the way, this is great. Great. She calls like she like doesn't believe. Everybody tells her how bad of a snorer is, but when we get in these arguments, she doesn't believe it. Right. Mm. So I think what I'm going to do for the podcast, go PR. I'm going to start. I'm going to start filming her snore. And I'm playing it on the podcast. Are you sure? I am. Are we sure? I am sure. I am sure. Sound. Definitely. All right. Do so you want to uh, first? Do you want a soundbite? Yeah. I think I have a soundbite somewhere Sims in here. Sims just invented a new segment called, called Sims's Wife Snoring. You sure you want to do this? Yeah. Screw my wife. 
Um, let's see. Here we go. I think I this never, is it. This is dangerous yeah, stuff. Here we go. Let's see. Let's just see if it plays in the mic here. Here we go. I think this is one. When is this from? Hold on. When is this from? This is last summer. Wow. You're sure you want this to go out of the podcast? 100%. You're sure? This is June. Off- Whoa! Big off season. All right, that's perfect. That's Good? enough. Okay. I can't, I'm getting worried now. Danielle, I did Don't get worried. It's my it's my marriage, and if I choose to get divorced, I'll choose it. You'll be doing some self-scouting. Yeah, I will. Yes. No, I think we should make this a segment. I'm dead serious. I think you just did. Okay, good. All right, so self-scouting. Uh, a lot of people came back when you said the other day we were talking about who's the fastest guy in the NFL, and is it Tyree Kill? Oh. And you said, well, there's no running backs. People sent me out the wazoo a, a, the statistics of who hit the highest miles per per hour right. of all the players in the NFL. Which last I know season. Leonard Fournette did. Leonard Fournette had the to top two. two. Right. The Pittsburgh game. The ninety yard touchdown. Right. And then he had a seventy five yard touchdown against the Rams. Right. They're the top highest two. Right. Then it went Martavis Bryant, Marquise Goodwin, Tyreek Hill, Derek Henry, William Jackson, Taewon Taylor. Why is Leonard Fournette not the fastest guy if he hit the fastest miles per hour? <sighs> it's a good question. I don't think he's... Self-scout. I know. Were we wrong? Well, top-end speed doesn't mean he necessarily wins the 40. I mean, right? It's about getting out. Leonard Fournette could get the highest, but those guys have the strongest... 40 total? I, I would say. I, I don't know. So if, if you I, knew these statistics and I lined I up knew, Leonard I knew them and Tyree Kill. I'm still betting on Tyree Kill. And I'm still betting on Odell Beckham Jr. I am. You know, also, too, you got to take into account, right, with like people like Tyree Kill and Odell Beckham Jr. When these things go into this, like, we're recording your miles per hour. Let's not forget they've run like 25 deep posts and another 10 go routes, too, where the running back hasn't really had to open up and run 60 or 70 yard sprints the whole game. So even though he had 20 so, carries, he didn't have 20 long stride carries. I would say that would, could be part of that. That would be my argument, right? Okay. So uh, I hear you. Listen, they're in the race. I'm just saying from my eye, I don't think they're as fast as Tyree Kill or Odell Beckham Jr. Maybe I'm, I'm wrong. still shocked that Fournette had the fastest speed. Because I, I didn't even think he looked that fast when he was running. But we knew it because I remember we talked about it during the season. Because we, we, we were, I don't know how we got on the subject, but I, 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 I remember I just know it. that you always said when he was at LSU, all I see when I turn on the tape is he's out running SEC guys for 80-yard touchdowns. He, he's just freak of nature. I'm just saying I, yeah. don't, I don't think he's fast as them. I, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I, I don't know. But I know his 40 wasn't as fast as those guys. It's just more but, proof that yeah. the NFL Pro Bowl should just be people racing each other. The most impro- And throwing far. Yeah. But the Who most impr- further? The, Josh Allen, let's see. The most impressive thing about things like that, too, yeah. this is where I think a lot of sports fans, football fans, because I say these things to my friends sometimes, they're like, oh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Nobody can catch a Leonard Fournette or a Tyree Kill, and they have a ball in their hand. And that's a big difference. Like, people forget that. It's taking running away with the- a, Yes, running with a ball is going to make you slower. So that's th- why probably LaShawn McCoy runs with it extended. He wa- it's like how Joey Galloway, it was almost more like a baton for track and field right. instead of having to tuck it away. You, you can still use, use your motion momentum. a little bit. Exactly right. So that's where I was always amazed. Yeah, it's, like, it's, like, it's like there's a 40 and then there's 40 while dribbling a basketball. Yeah, right. Right. Russell, Westbrook, uh, Russell Westbrook should be a lot faster than everybody else. I agreed, 100%. Uh, one other thing that I need Did you I to say. Did I miss anybody else on that conversation for like fastest running backs? Uh, Marquise Goodwin, Tyree Kill, Derek Henry was did we not there, add, too. Did we not add Marquise Goodwin in the conversation? No, we did. We, we did, did, right? I thought we did. Uh, but Derek Henry being up yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. He probably should Todd have been. Todd Gurley was in the top 10-15. So is Chris Thompson. Elijah McGuire. Mm. 
Travis Benjamin made it in there. Yeah. Tyree Kill's name is on here like four or five times. I mean, I would think all those guys are in the conversation. And Taewon Taylor. Ooh. I mean, I just don't think they're quite in the class of the other guys. But uh, I'm not saying I'm the, the eye of the – or what am I trying to say? I don't know what I'm saying. Let's go. You sure? Yeah. You want to try and fix that? One other thing I'd like to self-scout, <laughs> one take that Sims has had for a very long time is that if uh, Americans, specifically NFL and NBA players, were to train their entire lives for soccer, mm-hmm. they would win the World Cup. Domination. Well, the World Cup starts in about a week and a half. Yep. Um, and I just want to see if you think Julio Jones would make your team. Uh, here is Julio Jones. I'll post the full video on YouTube. Here's Julio Jones playing kickball. Uh, oh, I heard, I heard. I think I heard about this. Did he like miss the ball? <laughs> yeah. He just missed. That's almost impossible. So, is Julio Jones on your World Cup team? Uh, I mean, after that, no. But that, I mean, my point of that conversation is if these guys got to play this sport from a young age, like all of Europe or South America, that yes, and our best best athletes like these other countries played these sports, yeah, we would dominate. So, even though Messi and Ronaldo, hey, they're awesome. Yes, they're awesome. But no, I still don't think they're that. If Odell Beckham grew up only playing soccer. I mean, Odell Beckham Jr. is, okay, bigger than Messi. He's faster. He's quicker. There's nothing that you could say physically that he could do better. Other than, I understand. Messi can kick a ball better. Well, yes, because he's done it more. But, okay, yes, I know. Messi can't catch a ball better, though. But, yeah, I understand that. I'm saying, so it's a learned skill, and I'm just saying if some of our athletes, which other international sports that our best athletes are involved, we dominate. So I don't know what others say. Basketball, when we want to win the gold medal, we win it every year. Uh, boxing, uh, we're, I mean, it's it's us. Track and field. Track and field, 100-meter sprinters, 200-meter sprinters. I mean, it's Americans and a few other countries sprinkled in from time to time. Mm. Certainly nobody from, Arge- somebody, nobody from Argentina in the 100-meter final for the men anytime soon. Neither Portugal, and no, nor have they been in the medal stand in a long, long time. Brazil's up there. Brazil, I, not in sprinting. I don't know. Tell me. Tell me a sprinter. That's Jamaica. You know. Right. Jamaica, right. So that's all I'm saying. So how do we it's do not this? disrespect. So do we just like do we just start taking kids and go listen? We need to move Sims right. <laughs> just get out there and only play soccer. Don't play football. It's dangerous. Let's play soccer. No, I no. There's nothing. There's, no, there's nothing that'll ever be done. We're gonna have to get a soccer expert in here to kind of figure this. <laughs> well, out. Well, they'll never agree. I like, I, what I need. They'll to, never agree. Here's what we're gonna do. It's it's it doesn't sound good to their sport. They're not I gonna agree with that. I somewhat agree with you, yeah. and that's why this debate isn't great because I'm kind of like, Meh, I kind of agree with you. <laughs> I kind of want a, a foot a football. I want a football versus football debate. You versus maybe someone that's really into football, and I just want to hear their reaction. Yeah. To okay. I, it's like I had this conversation with Evander Holyfield in boxing, right? Where I just go, you're losing all your... He didn't want to agree with it because he... No, it's our youth youth programs. That's what the problem was with boxing. And I said, no, no, it's it's you're, all the middle linebackers in football. Those are the best heavyweights in the world. They're just playing football because they said, why would I sit there and get punched in the face when I can just lower my head and deck people myself? And it's actually a safer career. And so people play football. But yeah. I don't know. It's just the same type of argument, I think, where... I mean, come on. 
I like it. United States heavyweight champs. I mean, we, we, we would have we have them all. So two things coming up on Wednesday's pod. One, I'll have full information about where you can get the Sim 70 shirts. Two, we did this thing at the office a few months ago called a disc assessment. And what it does is it finds out whether you're independent or you're uh, d- determined in all these things. And everyone found it to be really accurate. And the number one question everyone asked, what do you think Sims is? What is Sims going to come up on the chart? And no one knew. Because you're kind of a D, you're a little bit of an I, sometimes an S. I'm having the guy come in oh, Wednesday. Oh, so that's an assess. The D I S C stands they for something. They each stand for different things. I'm so kind of a D. I was like, "Fuck you, you're a D." He'll, he'll explain it on Wednesday, yeah. but I'll have you take the test tomorrow, and we're going to find out Sims's personality on Wednesday. How about your boy said you had the second best announcer voice in the in the whole office? Which person? Ah. <laughs> He didn't even know. He didn't even go. He's trying to get him to who? Trying to get a who? That's what guys used to do. That so this became a thing on the sideline, like during games when I was a backup. I I might have told you this. Told me this. Okay, but. Damn, I'm going to forget his name. But that's how guys would get me. During the game as a backup quarterback, like guys, this guy I used to play with come up and be like, hey, old boy said, old boy said he's got a better arm than you. And I'd be like, oh! <laughs> he's nuts. I'm like, come on, that's not a fair. It's third quarter of the game. I'm trying to write down plays for Gruden and you're it's coming a great, up. It's a great trick to say you're second best. Yeah, yeah. Yes, right. Because right. then it, it hits your and ego, your personal. and then you're also thinking about who is first best. You're right. also thinking about who said that. Right. A lot of who's. That's up. why I was hoping to get you there. I remember when I got Jadevian Clowney. Do you remember that story? Jadevian Clowney were going to do a shoot with him. This is when I got the video where he didn't know who Bill Belichick was, mm-hmm. and that went a little viral. I, it was like two months into starting a Bleacher Report. And I go in there, and he'd been doing a shoot for coconut water all day, and he was exhausted. Like, we got in there, and he didn't want to talk to us at all. And they're putting microphones on us, and I go, Jadevian, man, they say you're the second best person to ever pitch coconut water. And he said, who? At every Everybody turned, and he got so upset, and then he turned to the makeup lady, and he said, guess who was talking about you? And she goes, I ain't falling for that bullshit. And everybody, everybody was like, oh, yeah. Clowny was so upset. Oh, that's awesome. Kyle Shanahan still hasn't done anything this week. What up, Kyle? What Give the hell are you news. doing? But John Gruden, something did happen. Oh, John Gruden upstaging Shanahan in the Bay Area. Gruden is grinding. <laughs> this one actually came from Donald Penn. He was on Michael Rappaport's podcast. And as soon as Colton Miller was drafted, apparently, Donald Penn said, I'm not going to lie. As soon as I saw the draft pick, I called Gruden immediately like, man, what the fuck? He didn't answer. But when I saw him the next Monday, he was was joking with me and said, what do you think Gruden said to him before I reveal it? Ooh, um, How do you think Gruden handled the situation? <laughs> Pissed you off. I took a tackle <laughs> in the first round, huh? <laughs> to piss you off? Piss you off? <laughs> so that's what you think he yeah, said? Something like the that. The correct answer was, you ready to kick my ass, huh, Donald? You were mad as a motherfucker. There you go. Did you see that story? No, you were able to guess. I figured. I saw the mad. headline. You were mad, huh? You were, you were mad. mad. Uh, right. Huh? <laughs> yeah, you want to kick my ass, huh? What? How does does that make you feel better? Does it make you... It's, You've seen him do this before. I, I have. I, I. What does it remind you of? I mean, I just know that he's done it to me before, whether we signed free <laughs> agent say. quarterbacks, right? It's, make it's, him mad a little bit. Make him mad. We got too many quarterbacks in the room. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we got seven of them, fucker. We got seven. We only have 70 plays of practice, and we have seven fucking quarterbacks. What the fuck? Yeah, I'm mad. It's not passive-aggressive. It's almost, like, overtly aggressive. It's overtly in your face. We're trying to get better as a team, and you want to stay on board the ship and compete, and here we go. When does that turn to... He's motivating me, and I don't even realize it. Yeah. To I know he's trying to motivate me, and it's annoying. It 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 uh ooh. It won't get it. It's not going to get annoying until you truly feel like he can go overboard to where you're going to go. Oh, he's not truly trying to motivate me anymore. He's getting personal with me, and he really doesn't like me anymore. That's when you're going to start to see. That's what really happens. So he is going to constantly push buttons on players. He's a master at doing that, especially if he's a guy like Donald, who he had prior relationships and played with us down in Tampa. Sure. He knows the guy. He knows the makeup. He made Donald who he is. He let him make. He was an undrafted player that got to be a franchise left tackle. So he knows what makes him tick. So he's going to push those buttons. That's Does what he's he a master know at. when to stop pushing buttons? <sighs> It's like my old saying, he, he, when he stops pushing, pushing buttons is when he's truly stopped on you. He's given up. So you want him coming in and being like, <laughs> Beavis and Butthead, yes, you do. When wow. he, That was my advice to Derek Carr. Like, take it. It's Wait, okay. what do you mean? When did you talk to Derek Carr? No, but people are always like, what oh, advice would you gotcha. give to Derek Carr? Like, so listen, just take it. Learn football. Understand you're going to get cussed out, even at times when you don't deserve it. But know that the moment he stops cussing at you and saying crazy shit, that's the means he's, he's fucking abandoned ship. He's given up on you. He doesn't think you're worth a damn anymore. Man. And that's when you know. I mean... To me, I had a play in training camp one year. He took me out on a full, we were doing an 11-11 scrimmage at the end of practice. And I was, I think this was my second year, and I was competing to maybe be the starter, right, with Brad Johnson. Like, I think that was in his brain. And every rep was important to me. I wanted to start. I didn't care. And I had a bad snap in 11-11 practice. I mean, the ball didn't even, it dribbled on the ground. It went through my legs. But he didn't really see it, and he was going to blame it on me because I was the quarterback. And, man, I got so pissed at him. He took me out of practice. And I was motherfucking him left and right. Like, you you didn't even fucking see it. And, you know, Joey Galway had to come over and calm me down. Uh, but that's what he does. He didn't want to hear it. He didn't care. You're the quarterback. Get it. Looking the- back at it, did it help? Yeah, it did. Why? It it all helped because it just all made me tougher and made me realize that, you know what, even though it was a bad snap, I'm the quarterback, I'm accountable, I got to motherfuck the center. I'm saying a lot of F-words here today. Sorry, Joe. you're going to beat me in the rankings. Sorry, Joe. (laughs) Uh, But it made me realize that I got to take accountability, too, to being even a leader and staying on top of the center, the lineman, whatever it may be, he was going to hold me accountable for it. So that's where it made me better. All right, let's hold Kyle Shanahan accountable. Another wide receiver has come out and says he wants to play for the 49ers and he's ready to take the veterans minimum Terrell Owens I I heard that I saw that yeah sorry Uh, sorry there's no place for 44 year old receivers in the NFL I want him back I know you do why because I he he to me looks like he can physically do it. I understand that he he uh, he I've, passes the eye test. I've had people. This is where I think it, 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 he does. He passes the eye test. His top end speed is probably still like NFL, like slightly average or below NFL average receiver. The thing where people lose at that age is the twitchiness, right? The ability to be able to oh the ball snapped. Let me split my feet and then let me make an explosive move by also slapping a guy. 
guy's hands out of the way as I accelerate to top speed within three steps to start my route. Those are the little things that those guys miss and lose out on when they get to that age. Do you think there is any team in the NFL that has even thought about bringing Terrell Owens back? Absolutely not. Really? No. Like, no one's even having the discussion? No. He's, 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 that's, and then partly that's his fault. He's burned those bridges. And it's just like, it's just like we talk about with any of those guys, right, Lefko? I mean, it's just like, damn, what, what do we want to bring him in here? Why? Oh, so we can have a 44 year old receiver come in here and catch 17 balls, but have 17 uh, distractions and press conferences, too. Right? Yeah, that's what we want him on our team. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that would be. That. And there's nothing he could do or say to get another chance. I don't think so. No. Man. Yeah. Did you watch any of Johnny Manziel over the weekend? No. I did not. It's pretty. pretty Eight, what do you got? Eight for ten, something like that. Eight for yeah. ten, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, I'll check out the next one. I didn't even see the highlights yet. I got to well, check them out. Well, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking maybe for Wednesday, we'll have you look over the highlights. We can play on the YouTube. I'm interested to see because I know the reviews from like his AAFL practices and that they were not good from NFL people. I don't want to give away my take. Okay, but the one play that was circulating on Instagram that was really great, I was like. That defensive end was closing on him way too fast. I'll look at the highlights so I can join in with Wednesday. you on Wednesday. Yeah, okay. well, Wednesday we'll do that. All right, cool. Um, all right, let's get to the real contract things that are continuously ongoing. One is Odell Beckham Jr. The first Giants mandatory minicamp starts next Tuesday. Well, Odell Beckham was not at OTAs today, but Pat Shermer did say that he should be cleared by next week. Mm -hmm. Are you expecting Odell to be at the mandatory minicamp on Tuesday? I am expecting him to be there. Yes, I expect him to do nothing more than individual drills and practice. That's what I would say. That's the play to me. Go there and show your face again. Be in the meetings. Go out to practice. Take part of warm-ups if you're cleared. Take me through the first day of mandatory minicamp. Mandatory minicamp is We're like, getting there at what time? Yeah, oh, we're getting there. You're getting there at 6.30, 7 in the morning. And we're going right to the meeting room? You're probably going to have like... You drop your shit at the locker. A 7.30 special teams meeting and probably 8 o'clock offense and defensive meetings, right? So the special team is to kind of get everybody on board, feel real good. Here's the lay of the land. Here's kickoff or whatever we're going to work on today. Here's kickoff, basic alignment, basic what we're going to work on today. Your guy, Rich Passaccia, I've seen on All or Nothing. Right. He makes everyone shake everybody's hand, and he's playing, like, happy and all that stuff. Gets everybody's energy in the right way. Special teams meeting seems like the most fun meeting. I mean, it's usually the most energetic coach on the staff. Quarterbacks go to special teams meeting? Only in... uh, New England. And really? That, yeah, that was my first, my only taste of it ever was in Denver when I played for Josh McDaniels. And maybe like, New Orleans with Taysom Hill. Yeah, right. But yeah, that was the only ones where they wanted the whole team in there for special teams meetings. Not every special teams meeting, but when they had like the day after the game special teams meeting, quarterback had to be in there. Better or worse with the quarterback in the meeting? Does you know, it really change anything? It just it, No, it doesn't change anything other than that. I just found it fascinating to know who to hold accountable on some of the special teams plays that I never knew before. Or I would learn about other teams' special teams players where I go, damn, I didn't know that guy was so good on special teams. Holy crap. That's why he's been around for nine years. Right, exactly. And he doesn't, he doesn't even play a position. Sean Morey. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, that's where you learn about some of those gems where you go, holy cow, their, their whole punt cover team is based around one guy freeing him up to go down and make a tackle. Matt Collins for the Eagles. Yes. Just find a way. Brian exactly. Brayman, let him loose. Right. All right, so you go to the offense-defense meeting, yep. and then where are we going from there? You're going to have meetings, 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 probably till, until 
probably till 11 or 11.30. The thing I don't know about with mini camps anymore, are they allowed to do two-a-days anymore in mini camps? I doubt it. I know. I do not, right? No. So you're going to do meetings till about 11 or 11.30? I feel like even the phrase two-a-day is banned. I know. You're right. I mean, it is. I mean, my day, you did two-a-days during mini, mini camps. Back in my day, I <laughs> would crazy. practice twice in the sun, and I would drink water off the dripping sweat of my teammate because right. I couldn't have any. That's what you sound like. I mean, that's what it was. It's crazy that I'm it, saying it, that. It's, it is crazy that it's like a decade ago, and it feels like five Back days. in my day, we did two-a-days every day. I mean, we and did. three-a-days on Sunday. Uh, <laughs> but going back to it, yes. So now you have the meetings till so about 11 or 11.30. So even your first day of minicamp, yeah. you're just going to be – what are you doing in all these meetings on the first day? It's just going to be all – so everything you learned at OTAs, this is going to be more like a Wednesday practice in season, right? Like we're installing things. We're installing. We're going to press the boundaries a little bit with some new stuff, and you're allowed to be a little more physical and practice during mini camps, all of those things. So then you're going to go out and have a real walkthrough at 11 o'clock where it's going to be like, here, we're going to run these 40 plays against these different defenses and see how we're going to walk through. We're going to come in. We're going to eat lunch. We're going to meet again. We're going to watch the walkthrough on film and talk about some more things. You're going to get out of that. You're going to go get taped up. And now it's okay. We're going to go outside for a 2.30 or 3 o'clock practice. So you're do- so the morning is meetings, going over things, preparing. Preparing to do things, walkthroughs, giving the walkthrough, what we're going to do, right? And then it's how big of a lunch are you having? Uh, you're, you. It depends on, on the first day. The first day, I think everybody's probably nervous and just going to have something like chicken breast and some broccoli, like something like is that. It, is it nerves? I mean, yeah, I think everybody it is. It's nerves because you're just going, damn, I'm, you know, back and being held accountable, and I got to perform, and I got a coach worried. You know, you, everything you got to do. Athletes are late for everything because they always have to be on time for everything in their life. So. How different is it if it's a new coach or if it's the same coach? New coach is way more intense. Changes, first of all, you can have too many camps, right? Your off-season stinks because you have extra OTAs, yeah. you have an extra mini camp, and yeah, the new head coach is trying to make his imprint, and he wants everything to get off to a good start, wants to impress the owner and the GM, sure. everything, so yeah, that's a different off-season. Like, are, you, are you looking around at lunch and checking out people's arms and, and how they've done the off-season, or did you already do that in OT? Yeah, you already did that in the OTAs, but now you're getting some guys back who haven't been there. Like some of the stars are back in the locker room, and you're starting to realize, like, damn, this. This locker room's different when Warren Sapp's walking around than when he wasn't. You know, yeah, whoever Josh it may Sweat's be. like, damn, Fletcher Cox is huge. Right, he is right. huge, and damn, he is loud. And uh, it did change the whole dynamic. The whole locker room's loud now because all the alpha males are back. So you or almost have like a leadership dynamic at OTA, right? That when minicamp happens, can get turned on its head. It can, especially if like Tom Brady and Gronkowski show up. Where now Edel- Edelman was leading it for two right. weeks, and now Brady. Now all of a sudden, Edelman's not talking as much. Exactly. What does that do to the young guys? It, it, it just it's a, just another experience for them in the NFL. The NFL is fascinating when you're young because you're still like so used to high school and college, and you're like, man, they treat me like a man, they cuss me out like a man. When I leave, I get to do whatever I want as long as I don't get in trouble. They don't care. So all these freedoms, yet you're at football all day long, and now you're starting to meet your idols and these guys you've watched on TV forever, yeah. and you are you're starstruck. You're a receiver. It's the first time you're running routes, and all of a sudden you go, holy shit, I'm about to run a slant route for Tom Brady. Like, that, that was, I, I was around football my whole life, and I was at a practice going, damn, I'm about to catch a ball from Tom Brady in warm-ups. This is pretty cool. I mean, so if I'm doing it, I know they're doing yeah. it. Yeah. So 2.30 they go on the field. Is it individuals first? It's 
it's it's a another fake way to walk through to act like we're not really practicing. See, coaches are manipulators. Hell, practice is only twelve periods, but you look at it, it's like twelve ten minute periods. But yet we have like these seven periods of walkthroughs in between here and there. And it, oh, and, and coach didn't count three of the individual drills on the practice. So mm. it's, you know you look at the schedule of practice and you go, oh, it's only an hour and twenty minutes, but you're really out there for two and a half hours because of the walkthrough at some of the individual right. drills. I just want to know so, when is yeah. Odell going to be working out, and when are we going to see him on the sideline? Oh, yeah, you're going to see him on so at the start of practice. It's going to be walk through. You start to gradually, okay, we walk through. Now we stretch and warm up. Now we're going to go to individual drills. You're going to see him do all that stuff. Then it's going to come together probably at 7-on-7, seven seven, and that's when Odell should go, Coach, Coach, you guys aren't paying me crap. I'm going to go sit over here. I'm being paid like a child, and I'm one of the best players of football. I'll be on the sidelines watching. Good luck. That's Have you seen someone do individual drills and pull themselves out of team before. Yeah, I have. Like, Simeon Rice could do stuff like that in Tampa. I and mean, he was not in a contract negotiation. No, he was no. just, he said above that. He was above it, and he was like, he would be, he would, he might tell John, like, hey, I'm I'm going to get after it after practice today. I don't want to get off the, I don't want to get down and get off the, like, I'm going to train. I'm here for individual. I'm going to do some work with Marinelli after practice. But then after practice, I'm going to run sprints. You're going to see me out here for like an hour and a half pulling sleds and pulling parachutes. And then he's going to go in there and power clean and do all those things too. So Odell's obviously not going to go, you're not paying me enough. No. What does he do? He's going to have this conversation with probably ownership and Pat Shermer before the mini camp starts to just lay it down like, hey, you know, I, he's, I'm sure the agent's going to call to give the ownership and the head coach a little bit of like, this is what we're thinking. Sims, what if he ends up doing 7-on-7? Seven seven? Man, I'll be so disappointed and we're just going to have to sit here and tell him how disappointed we are. Now, And then we're going to have to keep our fingers crossed that he doesn't get hurt. Yeah. To all the people that have filled out the ExpectNet baby pool, we're well over 300 now of guesses. I'd like to say apologies to Greg from the United Kingdom. See you, Greg. Benedict from Germany. Bye, Benedict. David Beresford from United Kingdom. Sorry, David. He's the one that says Tebow is better than Sims. Oh, how dare you? Well... Okay. Screw you. Gosh. Uh, Ian Jones from Chesapeake Beach, Maryland, and Andrew Victor of Huntington, New York. He said this competition was brought to you by Longcox. Uh, <laughs> all of you guessed that Odell would have gotten his new contract by now. He has not. Again, head over to ExpectNet and enter the game named OBJ Contract I'm... for your chance to guess when Odell gets his contract. We, when is yours? Wait, so you said it would be the third, third day, day of, of training mid- camp. That's not minicamp. No, that's not minicamp. That's minicamp. This is training camp. Yeah, I'm saying it goes into July. Whatever that day they officially say we're opening camp up, it's going to be that third day, which I don't think they've said it because I looked up. I can't find it anywhere. Yeah, I, I don't think they've officially started that day yet. Um, I'm ama- What I'm amazed by, first of all, by our rude England listener who thinks Tim Tebow is better than me. <laughs> David. Uh, but Beresford. But the... Um, I'm always fascinated, like with our guys from the UK or Germany. Like, do they find the contract situation? I'd love to hear comments from them. Like, our contract situation in the NFL, do they find it like absurd and crazy that somebody like Odell Beckham Jr., who's you know our version of Schweinsteiger or some other good soccer player, isn't getting paid, doesn't get paid guaranteed money? I, I would love to hear their thoughts. It's actually. fascinating when you think about a guy like a Neymar or Ronaldo who is going to get like. $500 million, and then to switch teams, one team is spending like $200 million just, to, just to get the rights to him. It's yeah. insane. 
Well, I mean, it's you know that that is up there. Major League Baseball, NBA. It's why we're the players' podcast. Yes, because we're the only sport that in which you have no leverage and no control. Yeah, and the only way you do is by not playing. Right, and that's all we ask. That's all we ask. Uh, there is a good nickname though coming from New York Giants camp. Did you hear the nickname for Saquon Barkley? No, Odell is calling him Saquads. Saqu. <laughs> That's pretty good. Saquads Barkley. Saquads came out and said, I don't like it. No, Odell said, you're going to take it. Good. I like it. That's that's what you do. You put a rookie in his place. Do we need to adopt that name or should we wait? You want to call him Saquads or should we wait? Mm, I think we could let's let that ride for a little that's while. Why, that's why yeah, I, say I mean, quads. those are so, if anybody deserves a nickname of their hamstrings and quads and ass, it's him. Legs and ass, man. So, we got some people suggested. What were you going to say? I was going to say maybe we should come up with our own nickname playing into the legs. Like he can take the quad part. Can we get the the butt part? Like, you know, I don't know what the creative. You're more creative than me. Yeah, I'll have to think about yeah. it. But other people submitted some legs and ass for the legs and ass team, and yeah. we'll have to make this more official. Asquan. Uh, Ac- <laughs> Asquan. Hamquan. <laughs> Akerly Evans said Khalil McKenzie should be on the all legs and ass team. That's Reggie's son that got drafted at Tennessee. I've never seen legs look like that. They're unbelievable. Uh, Akeem Hicks was suggested to us. Yep. Andy Bell also said David Njoku for legs and ass team. It's pretty good. David Njoku. Yeah, it is. It's pretty impressive. I mean, who was the one they said before that? Um, Khalil McKenzie. No, Khalil McKenzie and then uh, uh, Akeem Hicks. Akeem Hicks, yeah. Akeem Hicks. When you see him in person, man. Akeem Hicks is definitely on the doesn't get enough respect team. Yes, he's like He was unbelievable Cam last year Hayward, for the Bears. Right. Yes. Uh, another contract. This one's more interesting. Mm-hmm. Garofolo reported that Rodgers wants, quote, some sort of an out clause that would allow him to renegotiate the deal if and when it's leapfrogged by other quarterbacks. So, of course, Rodgers had his new deal that was $22 million a year. And since then, he's been jumped by Luck, Carr, Stafford, Garoppolo, Cousins, and Ryan. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like in this new deal, he wants an out clause so that if he gets someone with a higher salary, oh, no, no, I'd like to renegotiate. We just saw Kirk Cousins change contracts forever, in yeah, my opinion, right. with getting a fully guaranteed $84 million contract. Yes. Is Rodgers going to be the one that gets an out clause? Do you think that this happens? I do think that this is the type of guy that can change the rules, like even more than a Kirk Cousins. like Because a quarterback we know can change the rules, right? But when you're the superstar of the league, like a Rodgers, okay, or maybe Russell Wilson or Brady, if it was his prime, whatever, those are the type of guys that can get these things changed sure. and be a true trendsetter for the rest of the NFL. Yeah, I don't think it's crazy for Aaron Rodgers whether it's one to say I have to be paid one like one of the three highest paid um, quarterbacks in the league at all times until the age of thirty seven or thirty eight. That's why that could be one thing. Which, which coaches get that stuff all the time. I mean, Mac Brown when I was at Texas had to be one of the five highest paid coaches in college football. He had to be. It was in his contract. So I'd see Bob Stoops and Urban Meyer get a new deal, and I go, "Damn, here goes Mac. I'm going to get more money." Wow. You know, you would know. You know, oh, new. This guy got new deal. This guy got a new deal. This guy's a new hire. So I do think that can happen, or we're going to see the percentage of the salary cap thing happen with a guy like Rodgers. I think that this is the kind of thing he can where I, I can, he can go. 
flat rate, I deserve 25% of the salary cap every year. Do you think, we've always said that it takes the big-name quarterbacks to really impact anything in yes. this league. Yeah. I've long said if Aaron Rodgers kneeled before the anthem, we might actually have a conversation. Yeah, right, right. Because people would be like, well, mm-hmm. look, it's spreading to Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but in terms of salary, are they helping the league by simply getting more money? Yes. Are they helping out everybody else? Does the quarterback position get the running back position more money, or does it just get the quarterback position more money? Mm. I do think it helps everybody, the contracts. But I would also argue that it's, they get too much, too. Like, you know, I mean, it's back to our— Right. Are they taking away? Right. The... Like, Kirk Cousins, I think, helped out quarterbacks in the future yes. by, by going, he got guaranteed money, I would like guaranteed money. I think Rodgers, with an opt-out clause or a percentage of salary cap, will again take quarterback levels to another level. I just don't know if it's helping the rest of the league. I don't know if it's helping the middle guys. Is it having—is it trickle-down, or is that all bullshit? I, I, I think it's bullshit. Do you? I do. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, I mean, I still think the quarterback is being put on a pedestal that's a little too high even for my liking as an ex-quarterback. Not Aaron, though. Well, he might be the lone exception. Well, I mean, he he's amazing, and he certainly can break things. But, I mean, damn, even Aaron Rodgers, as amazing as he is, I mean, he's still not worth five Bobby Wagners or somebody like that. I don't care. I mean, so that's where it does annoy me a little bit because, and I think that's where you do see resentment around the NFL with quarterbacks at times. I mean, I know we've had this conversation because guys in the locker room are sitting there going, damn, I'm one of the best linebackers in football. And this quarterback is not one of the top half quarterbacks in football, and he's making four times the amount of money I am. And I understand that's an important position, but I do think it's maybe swayed a little bit in the wrong direction. I don't know if it's necessarily helping everybody out that the quarterback's being paid that much more money than everybody else. Let me just take you a look, look handsome in that sim shirt, let me just tell you. He is the number one quarterback in the NFL. Oh, do you remember your top five? My, let's see. It was um, it was Rodgers one, Wilson two, Wentz three, Brady four, Stafford five. Would that change it all now? Nope. That's my top five for right now. Damn. Yeah. Carson Wentz, by the way, uh, is uh, he announced this is how incredible this person is. Yes. He created a 25-foot food truck that is going to give away free food to people that need it. And the name of the truck is Thy Kingdom Crumb. <laughs> That's pretty good. He is Russell Wilson, yes. except I'm not annoyed by him because yeah. he's my quarterback. <laughs> That's really what it is. Speaking of food, let's do some beans, not beef. Beans, not beef. The Colts asked Henry Anderson to lose 25 oh, pounds know. to play in their defensive scheme. Yeah. And now he's on the Jets, <laughs> and they won him to gain those 25 pounds back. That's rough, man. Uh, that was the shitty part he told the New York Daily News, but it's part of the business, I guess. Uh, so for nearly three months, he worked out for four hours a day and ate a restricted diet. He was putting down 28,000 calories a day, a 30% reduction. I didn't eat a lot. I ate the same thing every day. Nothing but fish, chicken, brown rice, and vegetables all off-season to get down to that weight. And now he's saying that he's not going to just start eating like crap to put it back on because he sees the benefits, sure. so he wants to be smart. Sure. The only benefit, his wife apparently likes him a little bigger. Oh, she likes him a little bigger, huh? Yeah, a little, a little bit more plump. A little more plump. Have you ever been around people that have had to do the extreme weight loss, weight games on a football team? Mm, um, not extreme. I, I mean, we had a lot of guys. I mean, whether I was in New England, I mean, I, uh, you know, Vince Wilfork on a Thursday morning. 
6.30, he was sitting in the sauna because he knew he had a weigh-in and he had to make weight or he was going to lose money. I mean, I See, saw that's a ton different. of that. That's like I cramming know. for a test. It is, right. So the extreme weight loss thing, I can't say that I have because I, I never was a part of that, right? So Henry Anderson was in this 3-4 scheme. They signed the new defensive coordinator who has the Dallas scheme, which is 4-3. Uh, it's more speed predicated. So he's trying to be a good soldier and fit within the well, scheme. Well, no, he's on the Jets now. I know. I'm yeah. going, that's what was happening to the Colts. Uh, then he gets traded to the Jets and the Jets go, hey, we run in a 3-4. We need you to get back to where you were. Oh. And that's it's brutal. First of all, for guys like that to lose that kind of weight, you know, again, this is where I push back against the narrative in the NFL that people are on performance-enhancing drugs all the time. No, Henry, most people in the NFL are losing, trying on a, on a loss, a losing a weight loss program. They are, they are naturally enormous. They're in, like this guy, Henry Anderson, right? Like he's an, he's naturally a big guy. That yeah, over time eating and lifting weights, he got to two ninety five. Now to get him to two seventy five, yeah, or two seventy, that was brutal. But now he's transformed his body to go back the other way again. I mean, that's a lot of stress on your body to be doing that. Sounds like he could get really sick. I mean, it, it, it can't be good for you. No. No, of course not. But it's, again, the price of doing business. Is there any chance that by going down to 275 that when he builds it back up to 295, it'll have a better foundation? He could, yeah, he could. Yeah, I, I, I mean, he has. I'm sure he's smarter now than when he was in high school and college when people are just going, oh, I just got to get bigger because that's what all guys do when they're young. I got to get bigger. I, I, tell, I tell college or high school kids that now in college, like, stop worrying about being big. You're going to get to the NFL one day, and you're going to realize that everybody's trying to lose weight and become faster. Um, but, yeah, that, that's a lot. I mean, to, to ask of a guy. And I'd be interested to see if he can get back up to 295. But I would think, since he's smarter this day and age, yeah. that he'd be able to pack more muscle. He's a Stanford You guy. doing okay? You having a hard time not button cutting me off today? Can you tell that I'm working on I it? I can really tell. You've like sat back like a few times like... It's really, fucking. It's, it's, it's interesting, Chris. It's hard. Yeah, it's called because you're a fucking big mouth. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to get better at it. <laughs> I didn't really... I self-scouted. I'm numb to it. I don't I'm even know. I'm to it, too. But then I re-watched it, and I was like, oh, man. Right. I don't I knew last up. week it was a little worse than normal. Yeah. And then Josh, well, after, I, texted me. He's like, hey, Lefko cut you off a lot. Yeah, oh, you know, Josh like, texted you. Yeah, you didn't know uh, that? No, I didn't know oh, that. Oh, let's, let's out him. Yeah. Josh texted me. He goes, hey, sorry, Lefko. Uh, he apologized for me, too. He apologized for you. because you're, you're a jerk, okay? You cut me off a lot. But but uh, I was like, oh, dude, I don't care. I'm so used to it. I was like, I did notice it a little more today than usual. But yeah, it's Wednesday's show was Adam had nine pages of notes and a lot of caffeine, and you were going to get cut off the line. That's what was going to happen. Let's go to, whoa, slow offseason. Whoa. Haven't done one of these yet. Devontae Parker, last year they came out and said he was going to be a monster. Remember that story? Well, guess what? Two coaches, Jefferson and Christensen, now in different roles in the staff, uh, we were making, quote, we were making these giant claims about him last year. Now, we're just doing it one day at a time mentality, stacking good days on top of each other. So they, Devontae Parker, who I'm a big fan of, was a whoa big offseason last year, realized maybe they hyped him up too much, and now they're doing a slow, whoa, slow whoa, offseason. Whoa, pump the brakes. Yeah. That's probably the proper approach for a guy that hasn't accomplished what, he was, what he's supposed to accomplish as what was either the top 15, top 20 pick, right? Out of Louisville. He was yeah. somewhere in that range. Yeah. Um, been hurt. There's been the complaints there about what, he's not tough enough to fight through injuries, all of those things. Have you been around somebody that got really hyped up and then after that had to mm. slow, like a Cadillac? I, I know I have. Uh, Cadillac, you didn't have to worry about it. Cadillac, could, yeah. Mike Clayton. Michael That's Clayton. That's the guy. I know. 
had 80 catches There's his other one. Year. Yeah, yep. And he fell in the trap. And I think he would tell you, I'm not trying to talk bad about him or anything like that. But yeah, you're 21 years old and you got money in your pocket and you had a great rookie year. Everything was awesome. And Joey Galloway was hurt. So Gruden had to do more around Michael Clayton, right? Yeah. Because we didn't have the weapon. And the offseason came around. He was beat up a little because he did take, he was a physical receiver. So he took a little time off. Yeah. Let a few weeks, you know, become a month or six weeks of partying and having fun and eating too much. Yeah. And yeah, he came back for training camp the next year. And it was like, damn. I mean, this was almost the rookie of the year last year. And this year, I'm not sure he's going to start. I feel like Devontae Parker and Josh Doxson are in a similar boat. Mm -hmm. When you see what they're capable of, you go, oh my gosh, Josh Doxson could be a red zone threat on every play. Like, yeah, he dropped that ball against the Raiders, but like, did you see him go up 44 inches and get the ball? Those are the guys that get turned on in the locker room quicker than anybody. What does that mean? Like, because everybody sees their talent, and yet they're not contributing to the team the way they should. And that starts the negative kind of, oh, he's, you know, he's a wuss. He's a uh, he, I mean, he just they had a blame ball. it he, on something. They start to just look at him in a negative because they go, "I've seen him make all these amazing plays and catches, and yet when it comes time to turn the lights on, he can never play or do anything mm. or whatever it is." And that's where you start to get a bad rep in the locker room because guys start to talk bad about you behind your back because we know what you're capable. of. Right, right. That's I'm sure John Ross is feeling that in Cincinnati. Uh, exactly, right now. exactly right. All right, whoa, big off season, turning mm. down money for greatness. Patrick Mahomes, Lee Steinberg, told ESPN that the goal the first year was to establish himself, not get every endorsement dollar. Quote, we talked about how the first year goal was to integrate into the team. And we didn't want to we wanted to pay deference to the incumbent veterans and try not to go into situations with a high profile. We intentionally did not do endorsements that would run in Kansas City. You like this. This reminds you of Tebow, doesn't it? (laughs) That was the first thing I thought of. It's brilliant. I mean, that's what you should do. This is how you gain the respect of the locker room. The, the, the ninth-year guard doesn't want to see their rookie quarterback who hasn't done crap for the Kansas City Chiefs on a national commercial or even a local commercial in a city. It just You don't want to see it. You've you got to gain respect from the organization and the team through your play on the field first. They want to, you've got to show people that that's most important to you and that's where you're headed in the right direction. When you do the other stuff, it's going to make people question you or when things go bad they're going to give that that's not going to help with the benefit of the doubt they're going to go well maybe he would have known his playbook better if he didn't do those four nike commercials last mm. may for no reason right you know whatever it may be so i think that is the right thing bruce that happened, that happened did it Kaepernick. my year oh he did a he did a commercial remember like after one of the years he came out and he had like the madden thing with russell wilson and all that stuff and people were like man he's doing a lot of ads doing a lot right yeah he, what happened with bruce Gagkowski? bruce Gagkowski, my the year i'm going to lose my spleen he's a rookie he, out of Toledo. Out of Toledo. He did like a local car dealership commercial uh, in town. And yeah, there was a number, the coaches, a number of guys that were just like, what are you doing, man? Like, you're, you're the third string quarterback. I just always think so, of Tebow, where Kyle Orton's starting, and you talked about Tebow, there were billboards all across town. Never said anything about it. Did a did it was it made himself available to the press every day after practice. I think Those are certain no nos in a locker room. I don't blame the rookies because I've seen them at the NFL PA and the rookie premiere. And after the they declare for the NFL draft, other than training for the combine, the other thing they're doing is 
media availability, mm-hmm. and fan stuff. And they're picking up quick $10,000 checks everywhere. Sign these 3,000 cards. Yes. So, do this. Right. And their agent is like, dude, we're just going to bank as many $10,000 gigs as we can. And they're going all over the place. So I can understand why it's hard not to say yes. Or let's say they shoot a commercial yeah. after the draft and they don't even realize that it's going to start airing during training camp. Right. So I don't fault them a lot, but that's why you get the agents to kind of go, we're not doing this. The right Especially approach. last year. You know, like for Patrick Mahomes, where we knew Alex Smith was going to be the starter all year. Right. Right. You don't even mess with it. Don't mess with it. And this like is the Baker great... Mayfield doing ads would be tough right now. No doubt about it. No. And just it's just not going to give you the benefit of the doubt in the locker room. That's all there is to it. It's not like the worst thing in the world. You know, and again, you, you know, I would say. Would they I... get upset at a Saquon who we all knew was going to be a face? Would you? Would the Giants get upset with Saquon? I mean, he's got the face. He's if got... it was, if he was overdoing it, they would get they would get upset. I think yes, guys like a Saquon, you know, they could get a free pass to do a national commercial and things like that because their physical ability is so apparent to everybody. Exactly. Everybody knows they're going to be special. And of course, quarterback is a little different than any other position guy too. So there's a little difference there. I don't think there. any of the quarterbacks can do it. No, you Baker really shouldn't. can't do it. Heisman Rosen. winners, I understand there because there's the Heisman like Mariota came out right. and he had won the Heisman, right? So he did the Heisman commercials. I understand there's yes. some of that, right? Like I'm not going to blame Marcus Murray. He, he accomplished that already. It's already a part of his name and people are going to understand that within the locker room. Let's go to whoa. whoa. Big offs season, Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Brown source tells me internally people are continually blown away with Baker Mayfield. Quote, never have we seen teammates gravitate to someone like this. Mm. I mean, this guy must be keeping candy in his pockets or something (laughs) like, what? I don't get it. I don't get it either. I don't necessarily... I've never heard this as a description of somebody. Okay, my first thing is what? What do I want to say about that comment? Why are we not hearing any reports about him throwing a practice? Exactly right. That, I mean, what we're talking about how gravitational he is to the locker room. I just, that's the thing that's weird to me yeah. is I've never heard another player where they talk about him like he's the ice cream man going down the street. Yeah. People just got to walk over and just touch him. <laughs> now, the only time that I've talked about that before was when we would see Patrick Mahomes or someone really talented. People would just come up and like talk to him. Yeah. Baker, it's it's this Pied Piper thing that's still a thing. It's real. I think that he's a really likable guy, he's a great leader. I think all of that's real. Just from everybody I talked to in the pre-draft process, you know, again, what do you expect New England, I mean, uh, Cleveland to say, right? I mean, they're going to say something. Yeah, but now it's the reporters. Now they could say whatever they want. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But you're right. That is a source internally, but who knows? Yes, who knows? Another rookie. Yeah. Whoa! Lamar Jackson. Eric Weddle on Lamar Jackson. Quote, he's been great. Obviously, you know why we took him. He's as talented of a player that I've seen coming into my 12th year. He's got a live arm and he can sling it. Obviously, his ability to run and shake guys. You see it in team drills where things break down. He gets on the perimeter and guys aren't even close to him. Whoa! Or... Oh. oh, I think oh. it's that. I, I just know. Oh, Lamar. I know a little something about what's going on there. And Do you? I, what do you yeah, know? I mean, just that the, the reviews are pretty sky high. That the throwing is better than they expected. You know, it's a perfect no. Uh, but those kind of same things, too. That it's very apparent to how special this kid is, especially as an athlete. Yeah, because there has been a few times I think he's broken out and everybody's like, damn, we can't even two-hand touch him out here. So what are you thinking? What are you hearing? From Baltimore, I, I, would, I need to do 
anything? a little Does more. Does it accelerate anything? Mm, I mean, I just, mm, yeah, I, I still think a lot's going to be said as far as just how preseason goes and all that. I still think Joe Flacco is going to be the starter okay. going into the season. But, man, if Baltimore, which is a team I think has pretty high expectations, if they start off the year like 3-3, three and 2-2, three, two and two, and Joe's just been average or below average, if these things continue to surface up, these kind of talk, then that those are the things that made me believe that, ooh, okay, this is getting out of the building a little too much now to where they might think about making that switch if things got off to a rocky start. Good job holding your question. Way to go. Take me inside <laughs> the coaches' meeting because they meet before the players, yeah. right? And the, the quarterback coach or the offensive quarterback, Mordering Wags, will be like, listen, man, every time we go out there, He's going out there and he's making plays and he's tearing it out, Lamar, and, yeah. he, and he's killing it right now. Yeah. How will they change minicamp because of that? Will it change? No. I don't think it's going to change. They're not going to get a more uh, first-team snaps? They might make an effort to... I don't, I don't know about the first-team snaps, depending on where they are, but I think they would probably make it more of an effort to have a certain plan for him again, just to further it along, where, okay, it's OTAs, now it's minicamp, we're going to take the training camps off, the training wheels off a little bit, yes. to where we're just going to put a little more on his shoulders, see how he reacts, see how much we can push the boundary, just so they can get a feel for when training camp and the preseason does start to know how much they can put on him. My, my other question for you is, because it's Weddle, does yeah. that change your feeling about that quote? Uh, it, it just to me, it's it's credible. That's where it feels I, more credible. Yeah, Weddle's been around. He's not the type of guy that just throws around bullshit either. I mean, he's pretty honest. Whether it comes, I don't only eat ice cream after a win, and I don't when I lose. Like yeah. whatever it may be, he seems to have a history of sharing some of the personal things that go in with the locker room and not being a BSer. It's interesting. The positive reports that I've seen thus far: Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson are getting a lot of the positive reports. Yeah. Baker, you mean get- the two most physically gifted quarterbacks of the draft? Exactly. Yeah. Right. Uh, but I've I've seen some really good stuff from Rosen that he's grasping the offense yep. really well. But he's the smartest guy. Yeah, one of the smartest right, guys. Right. Whatever. Um, Rosen's like I not going to get a Darnold story yet. No, I've I, heard more Teddy than Darnold. Darnold's been good. I do know that okay. it's been good. It hasn't been like through the charts like awesome. But I think they're very happy with where they're at. I don't really know about the Baker stuff a whole lot. I can't tell you anything there. And I'll say with the Rosen thing, Rosen's going to be one of those guys that he's not going to get truly the credit he deserves until it becomes you know, preseason, seven-on-seven every day, all those things, because they're going to see how surgical he can be as a drop-back passer, where sometimes in this type of setup, the physical prowess can Throw show the out up. route as hard right, as you can. Right, or I'm in seven-on-seven, and I've taken an unrealistic drop, and I've hitched in the pocket seven times, and I threw an 80-yard rifle down the field. Wow, that got everybody's attention, but it's never going to happen in Week 7 in the NFL. Right? You know uh, the quarterback we're not talking about that's young? The Dragon. El Dragono. You have no idea who I'm talking about. No clue. That is the nickname of Davis Webb. <laughs> Quote, Webb has been outstanding. Webb has the strongest arm on the Giants roster, and he has flashed tremendous accuracy both during full team 11-on-11 and 7-on-7 and has shown nice touch. Davis Webb. Well, first of all, saying he has the strongest arm in the Giants roster is not saying a whole lot. Just to be real here, okay? 
I mean, out of the 32 starting quarterbacks, Eli's definitely at the bottom of football with arm strength. I'm not trying to be a jerk. We're just keeping it real here. Lawletta, who they drafted? Yeah, certainly. He is not a guy that I watched on film and said, ooh, his arm is going to get him to be a high. He's a smart quarterback who has some accuracy and has a very efficient throwing motion. It will never be considered one of the better arms so in football. So Webb is in a great quarterback's room to look like the physical freak. No doubt about it. Yes. What do you think? Do we... Do we think Davis Webb becomes, at some point, the starting quarterback of the New York Giants? I, I mean, I do think there's a chance. Yes, I do. I, again, I would like to. I, I would have liked to have seen him out there instead of Geno Smith last year. I get that. But Ben McAdoo was also trying to win a game and save his career. Yes, so he, he had was. to play a guy that he felt could at least win a game. Um, so I do think there's potential there. You remember our talks in the draft with Davis Webb? I mean, Davis Webb was, that year, I think I... I ranked him ahead of Deshaun Kaiser, right? Didn't I? I thought you did. I did. Right, Cal. He's got a he's a decent little athlete, and he's a big body that can really throw the football. Now I just need to see a little more live bullets before I could say all the rest. But there's something there. It's so there's a large part of the Giants fan base that really loves Davis Webb and believe he's the guy. Yeah, I know. It's he's got a lot of talk, but. I, I, I got to see just a little more preseason stuff to make that true evaluation. Here's an interesting one. Uh, Adrian Peterson talking about Drew Brees. Being up there in New Orleans just for that short period of time and seeing him, he is clockwork. Mm. clockwork. Two hours before practice, going through fundamentals, he's in the weight room, he's lifting, he's cut up. One time when we did our conditioning test, it was probably the first time I ever lost a conditioning test. So Drew Brees is in better shape than Adrian Peterson. Mm. Were there guys when you not were in doing... better shape, but yes. What does that mean? Oh, well, it means that you know uh, cheetahs not can't run the same race as the rhinoceros. Okay. Have you had you beaten guys in the conditioning test? I'd be Brandon Marshall. Eat that, Brandon Marshall. Did because he, not... he has so much muscle that coming down the last fifty yards, his legs had gotten so big and blown up because we had to run three hundred yard shuttles that he couldn't even bend them. He was like running like he had wooden legs because he was. Again, he's not the animal that was made to run long distance. So, would would players get upset when you would beat them? Yes, really. But especially in Denver, because New Eng- it was the New England way, and we would run after practice. I was the quarterback. I didn't have to run a lot during practice, so you I wanted to make legs. I want and I wanted to make it count. I was I'm willing to work. I wanted to run. So yeah, I would have guys like. Um, Oh gosh, damn! I'm break. All right, Wesley Woodyard, you know the middle linebacker from Miami, um, who went there. Will- DJ Williams, they would heckle me. They would heckle me because I'd be in their group and I'd be running with them. And, oh, and I'd and, and what are, what kind of things would they say? Oh, Sims trying to impress the coaches, and I was you know I had to just start yelling back like, hey, yo, fuck you! I haven't run all day. I'm just trying to get a workout in. Like I would just do things like that. And then after time, they realized, like, oh no, this is Chris. He's psycho every day, and he runs as hard as he can because I'm more of a bulldozer than a cheetah. I can I can work out forever. I can run four seven forties until the sun goes down. Four seven four seven four seven four seven. Yeah. But those guys can run four 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 three four four, and four, after eight. a few times, yes, it starts to die out. That's a different wired animal altogether. So who got the most upset when you would race against them? Uh, I mean, if, if those guys always jumped out to me at first, where I just remember them being, they're always like, oh, Sergio Sims, you know, Johnny Tryhard, and, you know, I would talk crap. Would anyone else. lose to Brady in the conditioning test? 
No, no, I don't. I don't think I actually saw them do the conditioning test. What's um, the most embarrassing conditioning test you saw? Man, um, let me. Th- well, you know what happens a lot of the times is the star players can weasel themselves out of these things, right? Uh, damn, I don't. Who was it? I some star on my Denver team didn't make the conditioning test and couldn't practice till like the third day of practice because they didn't do it. Uh, I, th- I want to say it was Champ Bailey, but I might be wrong. But I wanted to be like, who cares? I mean, who the fuck? Like, come on. So there are nine Pro Bowls in a row. We're going to see if he can do the conditioning test to, to be out there. The conditioning test is the worst thing about being a professional athlete in football. It's the How worst. often do you have to take it? You're nervous. It's training camp. Your life is about to be over for a month. And here you go. You know you're about to be in this physical grind. And the first day, you're going to take away 80% of my energy because you're going to clock me in a race? And then you want me to come out tomorrow and practice at full speed? All right, so give me if if you were giving me the conditioning, I test. would be stressed in the summer at home in Jersey. I'd have my dad out in the field with me, like time me, dad. I gotta I gotta run three three hundred yard shuttles. You and know if- what's amazing about that? Every athlete in every sport goes through the conditioning test. Yeah. When we would start basketball, they call them seventeens, and you line up on one sideline, and right. you have to go seventeen times in a certain sure. amount of times. Right. And I was like, I don't care how many times I practice this, I'm not fucking getting it done. I don't have that. I remember there, in high school, I did soccer for like three years, right. and I transferred high schools, and they go, "Here's the deal: we have a two mile run that you have to get in, and like under fifteen. And I was like, seven minutes miles, my brother still says that my calves are big because I trained that whole summer for that one thing. Conditioning tests every athlete at every level. And the fact that you're telling me that NFL players dreaded it makes me feel a lot better about myself. So what is the NFL conditioning test? Is it to ever the same for every team in the it's, NFL? It, no, it's not. It's different. And So you were on the Titans, Broncos, and Patriots. Yep. In the Bucks. Yep. Who had the hardest conditioning mm, test? I, I think the Broncos won um, because the Bucks and the Titans had things where if you did all your workouts uh, throughout the offseason, you didn't have to do the conditioning tests and with stuff like them? that. Like you have to work out with them? If you were there for, like, let's say, 95% uh, showing up rate, right? You would get excused from the fir- and that would drive people to go. You know what? I'll I be was going to say how much motivation I, would that be? That would be yeah. everything. I'd be literally waking up in the morning, going, "Man, I don't think I'm going to go today. It's just a Wednesday workout." But I don't take the conditioning. But damn, test. I only got like three of these. I can do. So, so you're telling me that like dozens of off-season workouts was worth more to you mentally than a one conditioning test? Yes, because I did not want to be at home in my three or four weeks off, worrying about that or wasting my time training for that. That I was always like, "That's not making me a better football player." My my job is about four-second explosions. Why am I training for three-minute runs now? So right? what was the Patriots conditioning test? The Patriots conditioning test we had, I think the year I was there, was just three 300-yard shuttles. And a 300-yard shuttle means, am I starting on the 50? Yes, we did it. And I'm running one way and then back, and the other way and back, and that's one? I think, yeah, so 300 yards, 300 yards. So I think we did we did it two different ways. I think we had to do... Two of them, the 50 yards, 50 back, 50 back, 50 back, right? In how long? I think it was only one of them. And I, my time was, gosh, I, I'm so bad with the times. We had all different times for position groups, right? So I was always with, like, running backs and linebackers. That's where quarterbacks okay. were in, right? Receivers and DBs did their own group. That was, like, another level of running. And um, right, hold on. Let me just think about it. I want to say 300-yard shuttle. 
what would the time be? I want to make. I want to say like two thirty, maybe. So you have there? two and a half minutes to run three hundred yards. Yeah, it was less than that. I'm wrong. It's probably a minute and a half. Maybe. Minute and a half to run up back. Yeah. up, it'll back, hit me up, here in back. a second as I talk. But the fifty back was not bad. What was bad is when you did twenty five back, right? That, because the stop and start and the turn is the race. That's yes. what kills you. Oh, let me stop and plant my foot. Now I got to restart and yes. go. That's what gets your legs and your Tony Romosco thighs and yeah. calves that your brother's talking about that get to the blow up and you start yeah. going, holy cow, I can't even lift my legs anymore. That was brutal. I was so nervous for that one in Denver. We ran it on the turf and... Yes, I remember I just had a few people where I was just like, I'm just going to stay by him. If I stay by Corel Buckhalter, I'll oh. be okay. Oh, Carell. And I'm just going to stay. He's a running back because he'll make it, and I'll be good. And that's what I did, and I, and I made it. But I was so – those are some of the most nervous points of my career. I mean, Brandon – Not a game. Right. Not the playoffs. No. Brandon Marshall coming up to me on the last one going, how should I attack this one? And I'm like – and I'm sitting there like laughing because, again, it's like our old LeBron talk. The freakiest guys have the hardest times with these tests because they are so muscled up and have no body fat percentage that their bodies burn out in these type of long-distance runs, right? So T.O. might not even pass the conditioning test No, he'd test probably have a hard time. It would be very hard, right? Those guys have a hard time. And, and uh, I remember Brandon Marshall going, like, what should I do? Should I pace myself to have a strong finish or should I just come out ball? And I go, I don't think you're going to have anything left if you just pace yourself for the finish. I go, you might as well just come all out. And he was coming all out, and he got it done. I could still see him running at me the last like 30 yards, like straight leg running. He couldn't lift his legs. But that was one. And then other teams do sprinting, where like my dad, he had a year where they had to run 10 40s all within two tenths of their 40 time that they ran at their fastest. Uh, in minicamp, right? So the like, if you ran a four seven, and we wonder why these guys get hurt, because they haven't practiced, and the most intimidating, exhausting workout, likely of the entire off season, is on their first day back. Mm-hmm. That's a were, little crazy. It's stupid. If they were smart, you would go. There's other scientific ways to see if somebody is conditioned right for minicamp. I, I know. I don't think it's, let's see if time is it. I know. You can test their urine. You can test their blood. You can weigh them. You can check body fat. Or you can just have other exercises that aren't so taxing. The smart teams do it, and then you get a day off, and then you have practice, so or whatever it may be. Teams? I don't even know. I'm just saying that would be the smart way Did to do Patriots it. the Patriots do that? I think my year with... Denver, we did tests. The next day, I think we just had meetings and walkthroughs. And then the next day after that, we had practice. Yeah. And that was okay. Now you're giving your guys a time to recuperate and get their body going. Can you imagine being hungover for the conditioning test? I couldn't imagine anything. I mean, I've been hungover for one practice in my life. Really? And it was in high school. Isn't that crazy? Christopher. I am. Crazy. We're gonna call big fucker right now. That's all right. It's what ha- what practice was on my sophomore year, <gasps> first day before two days. I'm getting to know my wife. She's part of the problem here. My snoring oh. wife. Yeah, good old good old Danielle. She. I'm just meeting her, and I of course She's liked her. She's the new girl. At She's school. the new girl at school. She moved back from Florida, and uh, it's the summertime. 
and I go over her house with another buddy on my team and another girl, and we're hanging out, and I'm planning on leaving because I have two days the next morning. Somehow, shots of Bacardi, and Chris can't drink at 37, let alone at 18 or 17 or however old I was. And this is a constant reminder that if you're under the age of 21, please don't, don't drink. drink alcohol. And I drank Bacardi. Bacardi rum, which to this day I can't even smell or it makes me want to From that one night? I drank Bacardi and I didn't know what I was doing. I just kept drinking shots. You're like, it hasn't hit me yet. And all of a sudden... <laughs> oh, man. I, was this your first time drinking? No. No, it wasn't my first time. It was probably my first time hard liquor drinking oh, and being wow. drunk like that. So I... My mom has to come pick me up that night. She picks me. She knows I'm like messed up, and she's like, "Okay, honey, just go up to your bed, and you know, I hope you wake up and you're okay." And then when I woke up, and it was like I had an 18 wheeler on my head. Okay, and I had to go to practice, and I go to practice. It's a hot day. It's my first day of two days, and I'm miserable. And I got through, and then we get a water break like halfway through. And of course, I'm dehydrated and I'm so thirsty. I drank like 40 cups of water. I was like, <laughs> and it all came back up when I had to say the next play to start practice again. I'm getting in the huddle, and I'm like, you know, bunch right, and like a waterfall just came out. But man, I felt good after that. I was good. You Donovan McNabb high school practice. I did. I saw Donovan do that in person too. Oh, it was he did in Tampa. It in Tampa. Bay. Yeah, that was the second, right? Right, he did the Super he, Bowl. You no, know, he's accused of doing it in the Super Bowl. There is no video evidence. Some teammates say it happened. Some teams say it doesn't. Many people believe that the Tampa Bay Bucks one is confused for the Super Bowl one. That was amazing. I was my year. I lost my spleen, so I wasn't playing. I was just sitting on the sideline. First of all, we were up twenty to nothing. Yes, and you came back because of Westbrook. Brian Westbrook was incredible. It was it was one of those days where Donovan was this the game that they lost in the Matt Bryant sixty two yard field yeah, goal? It was that game. Yeah, Brian Westbrook literally won the game too soon. It, it was exactly right. He broke a screen where he literally like it was made like everybody on the team miss twice. He was like, "We're going to work down the field slowly," and then Westbrook's like, "Or I could go sixty seven <laughs> yards to the house." Yes. Wait, but when did the vomit happen? That, like that one of those last drives. So they were down twenty to nothing. They scored two. Two touchdowns pretty quick, and it was like, oh, sh- crap, it's a game. Like, And they're about to get the ball back. Holy cow. And Donovan, uh, I mean, it was a frantic pace. It was a hot day. And you could tell Donovan, he was in his, like, knees on, you know, hands on his knees in between plays. Like, I was like, oh, he is exhausted. And he gets underneath center, and he's calling the play. And all of a sudden, he just backs away and pukes right in between the guard and the center. And I can remember seeing like defense alignment, like getting up for a second, being like, oh, like, and then getting back down to the three point stands and getting ready. And a few plays after that, yeah, he threw the screen and Westbrook. It was one of those Donovan days, though, where he couldn't hit a pass between five and 20 yards, but he could hit it if it was 70 or if it was minus seven behind the line of scrimmage for a screen. It was only two throws he could make. If it was an amazing throw, he could hit it. If it was a child throw he could hit it anything in between he couldn't hit the broad side of the bar and that is the reason you're why the I'm so conflicted with the donovan McNabb. yeah it's a tough one because he's like the worst great quarterback ever him and eli that's what i always say they're the, some of the worst great quarterbacks ever he threw such a beautiful 50 yard ball mm-hmm. but i've never seen someone skip seven yard passes as consistently as donovan yeah McNabb. i know it's amazing so donovan nab and eli are the top of your best worst quarterbacks yeah. or worst best quarterbacks Worst best. Worst best quarterbacks, yes. Who you, else is in that list? Um, who else comes to mind? I think Kurt Warner's on that list. Wow. Yeah, I do. 
I mean, yeah. I worst, best. Worst, best. You like that phrase? I'm trying to also think who the best, worst quarterbacks would be. Uh, like Sean Hill. <laughs> Yeah. One of the best worst quarterbacks ever. He got it done. Start your list of seventy. Coy Detmer. Start your seventy list. Um, the uh, I got one question for you. This is from Kawika Burrow. You're starting a franchise. This was an Instagram thing, and you have to pick these five positions. Who is your number one guy at these five positions on defense? Defensive end, outside linebacker. So outside pass rusher, you get one in the NFL. Who are you picking? One all right, health defensive end, outside linebacker, edge pass rusher. Let me pull up the teams. Yeah, pull up the teams. Mm. I think it would be hard. I think for me, I would probably go with Khalil Mack over Vaughn. Is that the battle? I think I would. I would rather have the little bit of size and power Khalil, that Khalil has over Vaughn, and the age helps a little too. You get one defensive tackle. Oh man, sucks. I'm going to take Fletcher Cox. That's the kind over of D-tackle Aaron over Aaron Donald. Most people are going to take Aaron Donald, and I understand that. I'm just saying for the Chris Sims defense, I would rather have a Fletcher Cox. You get one linebacker. <sighs> right. Middle of the D. Yeah, middle of the D. Hmm. Let's see. Who are we thinking of here? The you Bobbies. said Bobby Wagner yeah. earlier. You said Luke Keekley. You yeah. didn't say Luke Keekley. I'm saying Luke Keekley. No, but yeah, the C.J. Mosleys of the world. I'm just trying to think if I don't miss anybody here. Man, <sighs> Shazier, Telvin Smith. Shazier was up there for me, of course, until the injury. Yep. Um, man, okay, hold on. I'm almost there. I'm just cycling through here. Just didn't trying say to... anything. Okay, hello. How are you? <sighs> man, Barr and Kendricks. Woo, that's. I mean, to me, you get when, one. When I get in this conversation, I'm just going to whittle it down for you, right? Just to, it's Wagner, it's Wagner, it's Barr and Kendricks, it is Keekly, it is our Dion Jones. I don't think I'm putting anybody there. I think I'm going to go with Anthony Barr. Anthony Barr is your top as your linebacker. I think I would. Wow. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Anthony Barr. Uh, sideline to sideline, size and ability, the length and athleticism and pass coverage, I think, are pretty top-notch. And that's the reason they gave him a new contract, right? They're figuring it They're out. They're figuring now. it out, right. Cornerback, you mm-hmm. get one. Mm, I'm going with my man. Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, Jalen. Which is cool. He's working out with his dad, right? As they said, he's doing all I think I saw that, yeah. too. Yeah. And, and you get one safety. Oh, I went. I went right to Landon Collins in my head. Who was the other safety I'm missing? You know, our Keanu Neal's the man. Yes, he is. I love me some Keanu. Um, anybody else that I'm missing? You think in the top of your head? I don't think the Seahawk guys still apply anymore. No, I don't think so I don't know either. If you're gonna put a Harrison Smith in there. He's in that combo, but I don't think I quite am. I'm a Cordy. Mm. Um, uh, Jamal Adams. Oh God! Um, damn, damn. That's a tough one too. Yeah, I think I, I, I think I'm going. Who you got? Who you say? He wants Jamal Adams. Yeah, I think I. Anyone on Denver? No. Nope. I think I'm going to go. I think I would go Landon Collins as the number one safety. I think I would. Jamal Adams is in that convo. Keanu Neal, you did say. I love Keanu. Lamarcus Joyner. Yep. Tyron Matthew. A little right. undersized for me, those guys. That's why I leave them Landon off the list. Collins. I think so. All right, so you have answered that the top guy at these positions for you right now, mm-hmm. building your defense, Khalil Mack, 
Fletcher Cox, Anthony Barr, Jalen Ramsey, Landon Collins. Mm, yeah. Feels good. That does feel good. I feel pretty good about that. The safety one, I'm just trying to think if there's anybody else I'm in there. Jamal Adams is in that combo. He's he is that special. Aru eight eleven won our suggestion for mascot battle for Wednesday. Okay. Pick one or two. Hmm. I fooled you last week because you thought I'd pick two because I used to be number two. And that's why you put the Colt there. I don't even think about it like okay, that. Okay, fine. I'm going number two then. Number two, you are a San Francisco 49er. I am a Pittsburgh Steeler. <laughs> We're going to be fighting each other with the same tools. A Steeler versus a 49er. Yep. A rule. Mine's going to have a sharp, sharp end to it, though. You're just going to have a blunt, like, just big hammer. Blunt force trauma. Yeah. Uh, Simply Davey would like to wish his cousin, uh, fuck you, Dan. Uh, so that one's for them. Uh, and then we'll end on this question. This is a Reddit question from Best Holy Paladin. You have a time machine that can go back to 1970, and you may bring two currently active NFL players with you, one on offense, one on defense. So, oh, 70, man. 1970. You're going back in time, and you get to bring one offensive guy and one defensive guy. Who are you bringing? That's old. These guys will undoubtedly stay. You could either go with somebody on offense that's super fast, super big. Well, the best player offensively right then at that point would probably be Joe Namath, right, who was just the recent Super Bowl MVP. Um, I'm just trying to think. What blows their mind more? Let's let me break it down like this. Right. You walk in, you go, here's our new quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. Kind of the same size as Joe Namath, you know what I mean? But he gets out there and they're like, holy shit. Or this is David Johnson. And they're like, what the hell is this thing? Or here's Julio Jones. And they they look at him and they go, How are we supposed to guard him? Or Here's Tyron Smith. And they go, this is what humans look like in 48 years? So what, what do you think would cause the most surprise? Because Antonio Brown, I think the be Julio, like, wow, you're really good, but Julio would I be, think the Julio or David Johnson one of the ones where they'd be like, what? I mean, David Johnson's bigger than Jim Brown. Or Cam Newton. Oh, Dan, that would probably blow people away. What would be because I think the quarterback position naturally they'd look at him and go wow, but you think Cam Newton over Julio David or uh, Tyron Smith? I think it's between Julio and David. I think Julio probably wins out. You pick Julio. I think over like an Odell. Yeah, because Julio's they're going to be like man, Julio's as big as some of our defensive ends and our middle linebackers, and he's faster than all of us defensively. Yeah. Do you look at a Fletcher Cox? Do you look at an Aaron Donald? Do you look at a Von Miller? Do you look at an Anthony Barr? Is Jalen Ramsey talking all that shit back at 1970? You know what I mean? Yes, I do. I know. Um, I, 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 mm, the deep... Or are you finding a an Indomitian Sioux? That's what I was also going to say. Like you know, the Khalil Max of the world would be. They would be like, man, they they build people like you in that package. That's what I was saying, Aaron Donald. Yeah, right. The same kind of thing where you're just like you're not that big, but you're stronger than all of us in every position. How the hell is that? So it'd probably be one of those two because those those are the type of guys where I think it's like you look at them and you go, wow, they're pretty unbelievably built. But once they move and they start to push you a little bit, uh, you go, what the hell? Like they're like made of steel. I've also thought about what if you took back like an Edelman 
and they were like, oh, come on in. You look just like us. And they're like, what the uh, hell? This, guy, this guy's quick as hell. <laughs> All right, that's my 1970s voice. Well, we didn't really pick two, though, did we? I said Joe Namath, and then who's the defensive guy we're going to pick? Like, I was thinking, like, Ray Nitschke. No, 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 no. You're bringing guys back to oh, 1970. Oh, I thought you were saying I had to just pick somebody from the 70s. No, no you're, you're time traveling with two people back to 70. Yeah. So you're bringing Julio and Khalil Mack. I think so. Julio and Khalil. I would really want to bring, like, Reggie White, but we're talking about current players, yeah, right? Yeah, current. Yeah. yeah Khalil Do you think Mack if Reggie Julio. White came back today, he would impress people? Uh, yeah, he would. He would. Still? Yes. Yeah. He was, a, he was a guy that was truly 30 to 40 years ahead of his time. Damn. Yeah. Like Jim Brown. Yeah. Like Lawrence Taylor was a linebacker, right? Like, I mean, there's no people like Lawrence Taylor when he got in the league. Now there's a Khalil Mack and that type of body almost on every team. It is wild. You know? Guys, thank you so much. As always, hit us up on social at Sims and Lefko. Continue to subscribe on iTunes. Leave a five star review. We appreciate it. Uh, it will be Steeler versus Niner on Wednesday. We'll have Big Phil. And we're going to have the disc assessment. We can see. What if I get Shanahan to come in and stick up for me with the 49er? I just win the battle right away? If you get Kyle Shanahan to come on, <laughs> you know, we'll see. Uh, Phil's a very honorable judge. And, of course, we're going to have more information about where you guys can get the Sim 70 shirt, the only shirt with the first 70 quarterbacks perfectly ranked according to Chris Sims rankings. Yes. You excited about it? I am. You I'm are. glad that we got some swag. It's cool. Hey, oh, swagalicious. We'll have that all on Wednesday, guys. For Sims, peace out, homies. For Fendrick, good evening. And for the LEFKOE, man, I'm working on not interrupting. You did good today. You did good. I appreciate it. You're all grossed up. See you guys on Wednesday.